0: For the final Evil Bong movie, I want to do something more respectful of the series than my traditional cold opens. I want... Play the movie! Yeah, I'll I'll play the movie in a second. I just wanted to say that... What's the movie? Well, I already said, it's the final Evil Bong that we're... Evil Bong is stupid! Pick a different movie! Well, I'm not just gonna suddenly change the series right at the end. That'd be really silly and... What about Begotten? No, we're watching Evil Bong 888, and that's final. Know why? Why? because this is the Mr. Pickle Show. (laughs) All right, the movie that we're watching today, as I said, is the final Evil Bong movie, Evil Bong 888 Infinity High from 2022. Yeah, if you turn the eights on their sides, they become infinity signs. That's where they got Infinity High. It's 59 minutes long, a little bit shorter than I thought it would be, actually. And this is the restaurant-based Evil Bong movie, so you know what the sets will be like. Spiritually, this movie feels like it's trying to move away from weed use, and since this is the final Evil Bong movie, allegedly, it almost seems like Full Moon Features wants to move on from Bong movies and stoner laughs. Got a 4.2 out of 10 on IMDb, but I give it a 5 out of 10. It's on par with Evil Bong 1 overall, and of the series it has some of the best production value, it's streamlined narratively, and has some old characters but also a lot of new characters. Plus, it gave me a lot to work with for the theory. I watched this the day after it came out when I was making the Ginger Weed Man episode, and I was very excited and surprised by this movie, so you know what, let's just dive on in. Hit it, Davey! Instead of starting with Wicked Weed by District 78, the movie opens with Rabbit talking about the past over some really well-made Beverly Hills shots. He's starting a restaurant, which looks genuinely well done, and Sonny Carl Davis looks great, bringing that classic energy. Rabbit's back, baby, he says, and that's when we go into Wicked Weed by District 78. The story of Evil Bong 888 is best told split into three segments. The restaurant before it opens, the restaurant after it opens, and then the finale. So before the restaurant opens, a random lady named Thomasina Atkins, aka Tom, shows up and gets sad when Rabbit tells her to leave, because they're not open yet. She needs a job, so he gives her one because of her large assets. But she won't do dishes, waitressing, or cooking, so she's the matre double D. Ha ha ha. Classic Rabbit. Rabbit introduces Tom to his waitresses, two redhead girls who refuse to speak to him and instead prefer to text on their cell phones to each other while they're sitting next to each other. Rabbit heads into the kitchen to introduce us to his chef's assistant, Sal, Monella. (laughs) You know, that one actually kind of works for me. He's a faux German cook who portrays himself as this artisan and like he's been from really prestigious schools, but we quickly learn his experiences from prison, not from prestigious schools. He's the assistant to Evil Bong, who is the head chef, and she just verbally abuses him. Maybe it's because she wants to take over the world, but Rabbit convinced her just to do something new without weed, but he's so concerned about falling back into his old ways that he has a mysterious bright red button to press in the kitchen if he wants to go back to his old ways. It's so weird. So that brings us to the big problem of the movie. They don't have anything other than bread and cans of beans and weenies. How do you make a gourmet restaurant with literally one option of beans and weenies with bread? Well. Yeah, add weed to it, but Rabbit doesn't know about this plan because he's trying to go straight. So, Evil Bong summons a bowl of weed to appear in the kitchen and... Wait, she can really just do that? Why not do that in earlier movies? But also, holy cow, it actually looks like they're using real weed this time. I'm kind of impressed. We see a plating ceremony where we find out the waitresses don't know what they're doing at all and... (laughs) This movie just kills me. It's so on the nose, but this really feels like Evil Bong coming back to its origins and hitting its stride. The jokes are obvious. Rabbit tells Evil Bong that she should have known he wouldn't have been able to handle ordering the inventory for the restaurant. Evil... Evil Bong, he expects her to be the responsible one. It just kills me. Jason Voorhees, you should have known that I couldn't have budgeted this summer camp properly. Now we don't have any s'mores! And whose fault is that, Jason, baby? It just doesn't make sense to me. But we're entering the second segment of the movie, as Rabbit gives a speech to his waitress and maitre d and reveals the name of the restaurant, La Lapin Haute. I don't speak French, but that's French for the High Rabbit. So the restaurant opens, despite needing to change the menu to Beans and Weenies or Weenies and Beans, and this is where we return to the format of seeing random characters enter the location like in the recent movies. The first group are three influencer girls coming in to take pictures of everything. Rabbit can only remember their orders by how many boobs there were and dividing by two. It's just so absurd. They all ordered the same thing, so it really doesn't matter what they ordered, it just matters how many of them ordered. And when he brings it to them, because the waitresses are high and not waitressing, they all love it so much that they don't even eat it. Because they only eat supplements and drink brain water. It's, I, I, I honestly don't know. But once Rabbit convinces them to try it, they take their tops off, because this is evil bong. Yeah, yeah, it's an evil bong movie. The second group is the Redneck Crew. Yeah, they're back in their absurd Sunday best. Joe Cracker is wearing a small top hat with a tuxedo t-shirt that has the sleeves cut off. Redderneck is wearing a rodeo-style American flag button-up shirt (laughs) with camo overalls and a bowler hat. CW is wearing a blue-and-white plaid dress that you'd sort of expect to see in like Oh Brother Where Art Thou while wearing a sun hat. It's just so absolutely over-the-top and absurd that even the influencer girls are laughing at them. And the waitress that serves them just passes off a menu passively and says here's the paper with the words on it and then gravitates towards the topless influencers. Just oh my gosh, it's such a scene with them. This is probably their best instance. A new character appears. A larger woman with the hair of a Karen who's insulting the staff on everything. She insults minimum wage workers and says she comes here often and spends a lot of money. They just opened! (laughs) So Leiden demands for the manager to come over and talk to her, and she insults Rabbit, calls him a smartass, and then complains about the topless girls. But Rabbit covers for them and says they're French, which makes the Karen pause for a moment, and then says, well, my kid doesn't need to see that. When Rabbit questions that she doesn't have a kid, she says, don't talk about my family. (laughs) There is a scene in Evil Bong 420 where some guy comments on the redneck duo stealing money from a nice couple, says they're assholes. Well, he's back, and he says the same thing about this Karen character. Karen says the plate of beans and weenies she received didn't look like the picture. There's no pictures on the menu. (laughs) and says she could get it cheaper down the street. It just, it blows my mind how perfectly they got this character. I absolutely love her, And how, even when she's called out on something, she just takes a moment and then pivots angrily. So Rabbit says you can pay for your food or wear it. She decides to wear it, so Rabbit throws her drink on her and she leaves. Kind of wish we could all do that to some people. Barbie and Kendra show up next, discussing the pandemic and how they haven't left the apartment in two years. Who are Barbie and Kendra? They're from the movie's Corona Zombies. Barbie and Kendra save the Tiger King. And Barbie and Kendra go to Area 51. And Kendra is played by Robin Sidney. That's who she is in this movie. The reason they're here is to meet up with John Reneke, if that's how I'm pronouncing his name properly, from the Tiger King documentary that I haven't seen, and they interview him a bit further about events that happened in that documentary. I guess he races cars now, and... Rabbit delivers the bill to Barbie and Kendra's table. Barbie says she'll pay for it, so John Reneke doesn't have to. She pulls out her wallet, which is a TV remote, and the three of them disappear. Uh, What? I guess in those movies, they must have a magical TV remote. Um... Yeah, so Rabbit's dismayed by this, because obviously he wanted to get paid, but then he stumbles across a beautiful woman dining alone that knows him? Because she's rendezvous. but Rabbit doesn't remember her. He does end the conversation with, well it's just skin, like they're trying to make up for the transphobic joke from Evil Bong 777 Yeah, or maybe they're arguing that stoners are offensive by nature, and once you rid yourself of weed, you can atone for the offensive jokes you've made. I don't know, but it feels like they're trying to make up for it, and so that's kind of a nice scene. The two Heshers are at a table here, and the waitress is clearly uncomfortable with them because they're ready to eat, but they can't interact with real things like forks or food, or even smell the food, because also they're dead. Okay. A portal to sexy hell appears, a hand grabs a plate, and then disappears. They must have ordered beans and weenies to go. (laughs) And this brings us to the third segment of the movie. Rabbit goes to the kitchen to praise Evil-Bong on helping him make the business work legitimately. He says he's a little hungry, so he tries one of the dishes and notices it tastes of delicious weed. He should be mad, but he isn't, so he goes back out to the main area, and Karen has arrived with cops. Rabbit offers them each a plate, they say it's high quality, but he still needs to come with them. So Rabbit sprints to the kitchen, he hits that emergency button, Evil-Bong freaks out, and what does the emergency button do? It deploys the Bong Zuka and stoner music starts playing, and Rabbit shoots himself and Salmonella in the face. He goes out in the main area where the cops are, and then arresting him, and Evil Bong teleports out too, to everybody's surprise. So, Rabbit goes full nothing head technique, and the cop asks if he needs a translator, and then Larnell appears, with a yip! He shares a joint with the waitresses, and Rabbit's like, I missed you. <laughs> and Evil Bong comments that reverse nothing head is something she didn't even think was possible. So that's what happened? Rabbit went full reverse nothing head and then pulled Larnell out of sexy hell? And Larnell says, you know, being in Rabbit's head wasn't fun, but he still likes Rabbit. So maybe he didn't go to sexy hell exactly. Everybody gets pulled into the Bong realm at this point. Yeah. That's just how it goes. Everybody gets suddenly pulled into the bong realm. The one with bong structures and weed growing everywhere, you know? Rabbit says this is where he's always belonged. Evil Bong claims, then, that Rabbit is simply a fiction that she's invented. Weed is life is sang as winged boobs fly at the camera. And then we go back to the restaurant briefly. We see Ginger Dead Man and Ginger Weed Man in suits arriving to find that the place has just been trashed. And Ginger Dead Man's mouth looks like the worst it's ever been. Like somebody just green-screened their own mouth onto him with no color correction and no attempt to match the words spoken. It's just, it's absolutely absurd. But it's a nice little cameo at the end, and that transitions into three minutes of credits that show all the actors, actresses with their names. You know, like credits do. (laughs) And that's Evil Bong 888-INFINITY-HIGH. We got a bit of a revelation there and I want to talk about that in my theory, but before we do that I'm going to do something special. Stay tuned briefly as I transition into that special. You're probably used to me just doing a lot of nonsense at this point to kind of give you something else in the episode rather than just me talking about a movie and then the theory. This time I just wanted to talk generally about the Evil Bong and the Ginger Dead Man series. I know I've insulted some of the choices and I've called some of the movies bad, but I truly do love the entire creation that this has made. Like, the universe and everything about it. I really don't know why. I feel so affectionate towards it. A series that doesn't even take itself seriously just feels so interesting to me. So I'm going to try and explain it to you guys. Something I love is how different the end of the series is from the beginning of the series. Like, having a non-stoner nerd help save stoners from a murderous bong in the beginning, and having that be, like, the premise we go into the series, and then at the end, it's just like, yeah, you know that delivery guy? He's actually the main protagonist, and evil bong is helping everybody make a restaurant, and all sorts of things like that. It's just such a stark contrast. I just can't believe Rabbit was barely in the first movie, and then he just becomes the main protagonist. And the lore of the movies change enough with each new movie in such a peculiar way that I can't help but fall in love with all of the unexplained situations. These movies have enough narrative flaws that they're basically begging you to do that. Like, why does Sara Lee turn into faux baddie Boop? Why does Larnell's grandpa talk sexually to the evil bong? Why does the evil bong help people? Like, th- the series invites you to come up with wild stoner explanations for all of these ideas that just get thrown casually into your lap. And all of these movies are pretty low stakes. So that makes a very low anxiety series to watch. If you know, really, yeah, nothing too bad is going to happen. You know, none of the main characters are going to actually die, at least not permanently. You know, they're great movies to put on while playing a video game because you can look away without missing that much. And much of the value in these movies comes from the -the on-the-nose jokes and the, the silly dialogue. The movies are also incredibly unpredictable, despite using a formula. Like, you know exactly what's going to happen in the general sense, but you don't know what the specifics will be. Nobody could have predicted that Luanne brought the pogo stick in Evil Bong 1 to do sex at Brett. Nobody guessed that. I, I refuse to believe that. They have surprises within their own formula. And there's just things that's like, what's going to happen next? Who am I going to see? It might be somebody that's just weird and inappropriate. Or it might be Evil Bong and Rabbit making Gingerweed Man to fight the Ginger Dead Man. It's just like, where did that come from? Things just pop out and happen. It's wild and crazy. And I get that a lot of movies, just things pop out and happen. But when you're not fully expecting anything crazy or creative to necessarily happen... Like, you might think, yeah, the craziest thing in this movie is going to be a bong that's evil. When other things happen, it's just like, oh, a pastry council, too. Okay, yeah, 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 a a pastry council. (laughs) It gives a sense of freedom, almost. They could go anywhere that they choose to go with this, and they chose to end this with a restaurant. Before we move on to the theory about this movie, though, I wanted to give my advice on which movies to watch. I assume that everybody listening to this podcast has probably watched these movies, because why wouldn't you have? But if you haven't, I think you should watch them in the order I've presented them. The first three Evil Bong movies, followed by the three Ginger Dead Man movies, then Ginger Dead Man vs. Evil Bong, and the remainder of the Evil Bong movies, with Ginger Weed Man's kind of an optional. That didn't add anything. I don't know why I watched it. But... That's a lot of movies, and you might just want to cut some down and be like, yeah, I was never going to watch Gingerweed Man to begin with, Pickles, please. So I would suggest, if you want to cut some out, just watch the first seven in what I've presented. The first three Evil Bong movies, followed by the three Ginger Dead Man movies, and then the Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong movie as the finale. You could always add Evil Bong 420 as an end cap, but you could be just fine ending it with Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong. But again, seven movies is still a lot, so if you wanted to reduce this down, To just watching two movies, I would suggest Evil Bong 2 and Ginger Dead Man 3. Evil Bong 2 has a recap of the first movie and has the best overall plot of any of the Evil Bong movies. So if you're going to watch just one movie, you may as well watch the one that counts as basically two. As for Ginger Dead Man 3, it's just so fun. And I keep thinking back to that being like, that was a really fun movie. I I want to watch that again just for the heck of it. And realistically, you didn't need to see the first one to get the character of the Ginger Dead Man. Like, he's a killer cookie man, that's all you really need to know. I just love these movies. Maybe they are smut, but they have a different flair to them than what you often see in other movies, I feel. As Charles Band's self-insert in Ginger Dead Man 2 said, you know what you're getting with these movies. And now, on to the theory for Evil Bong 888. Oof. The final theory. What is my final theory for Evil Bong 888 and the Evil Bong series in general? Well, it's coming from the ending. Is Rabbit real? Was any of this real? They say we're all part of one bad tree. What? What if she's right, though, about Rabbit? What if from the beginning, he was her minion? Yes, that's my theory today, is that she is correct. Rabbit is not an actual character. He's a minion controlled by her. Okay, maybe you don't believe me, maybe you didn't believe the movie itself when it said that was true, but let's go through each Evil Bong movie and clarify whether or not this theory has any validity. Starting with Evil Bong 1, Rabbit is the one who brings Evil Bong to the group, with his handwritten name badge and weird energy about things, and it makes more sense to me that he's Evil Bong's servant delivering the bong than it does for him to be just some weirdo who's actually a postal worker and, you know, later on we find out that he just stood around while Jimbo's wife explained why she was getting rid of the bong. Does that make a lot of sense? Or does it make more sense that perhaps he orchestrated things and is just a servant of sorts? Okay, Evil Bong 2, we're already moving over to that anyways. Rabbit is initially uncomfortable with the group when he's called to pick up the box. Hmm, why would he be uncomfortable with them unless he brought the bong to them originally for a reason? He answers Larnell's paranoid questions, but in a cautious, no-info kind of way. So, he's really not bringing them any information, and he's reluctant to really help them in any way. In fact, he won't give them any real information until he can smoke some weed. And I think in that movie, the context is that, yeah, everybody wants to smoke weed, even the postal worker, he wouldn't miss an opportunity to get high, you know? But I think that this relates more to what we know about Evil Bomb, that she's powered by weed, and later on in that movie, she's actually resurrected by weed. So, perhaps he already knows that she's broken somewhere and that if he smokes weed at the right place at the right time, that his master will come back from the dead, like Dracula or something. And consider that the rest of the movie, he's just trying to get more weed and smoke weed in places and he's kind of moving against the party. He doesn't really care about saving them, I think he cares about bringing his master back from the dead. Moving on to Evil Bong 3, after the group has seen that Rabbit is not really that helpful and almost seems kind of detrimental to have around, Evil Bong needs to rebrand her minion so he can be more trustworthy to get closer to the group. It's interesting that we see Rabbit head basically straight for alternate bongs whenever he can. Might be kind of almost suicidal-like, you know, oh he wants to smoke weed so bad he'll smoke out of Evil Bongs but maybe that's because he isn't actually alive, he's just an upgraded Bong Realm stripper character being used by Evil Bong to get some recon on other Bong liches. Of course, you might argue here and say that, you know, Cyrus had Evil Bong the majority of the movie, but I don't think Distance stops Renfield from working for Count Dracula, you know? I wouldn't be surprised if they had some kind of telepathic connection. Okay, moving on to Ginger Dead Man 3. I really enjoyed this movie, and I keep thinking about watching again. And that's all, because it doesn't have any relation to this theory. Ginger Man vs. Evil Bong What's Rabbit selling this time? Evil Bong merchandise, as a traveling salesman. Like, what does Evil Bong claim to need a lot of later? Money. Who finds Evil Bong easily? Rabbit. So Rabbit is just grinding for cash and homing in on Evil Bong to save her, because now he knows she's alive and she's hidden somewhere. Okay, that said, Evil Bong and Rabbit meeting in this movie it makes it seem like Rabbit doesn't really have a strong relationship with her. She insults his weed, his tendency to try and distance himself from weed is always defeated by Evil Bong, but he still tries. And, you know, that's a little weird for somebody who doesn't exist. But instead of what we see in the movie, I think something different happened. The events in the movie are what Larnell assumes happened. So, he assumes, Rabbit goes to the back office, bumbles around touching things, and discovers accidentally where Evil Bong is, and then gets tricked into smoking Larnell's better weed. That sounds a little bit absurd, compared to the idea that he's been serving Evil Bong in every movie before, why wouldn't he be doing that here, and intentionally searching the office to find her? So I think that whole conversation, we see, just didn't happen. It was assumed by other characters. That brings us to Evil Bong 420, what's Rabbit selling again? Evil Bong merchandise! Featuring Tommy Chong as Jimbo! I questioned this during the episode, but if Rabbit doesn't actually exist as a person in this world, but as a minion creature connected to Evil Bong, then it makes sense that through her, Rabbit would have knowledge of Jimbo and the inclination to connect him to the merchandise. Maybe Evil Bong likes to make an example out of people who oppose her by using their likeness on her products. You know, Maybe Jimbo's another minion, the fact that Rabbit uses the weed blower to start dosing people seems like something an Evil Bong minion would do though. And With the ending of this movie, I actually honestly thought everybody in the bowling alley got sucked into the Bong realm. I was a little surprised to find out it was only just a few characters. But that does set up the events of Evil Bong 8 in the future. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Evil Bong High Five, Rabbit introduces Nothing Head technique to the party and tries to teach them but doesn't succeed. Maybe on purpose? At the very least, this movie proves that Rabbit does belong in the Bong realm. He seems to truly love it there, so that part of Evil Bong 8, the ending, that makes sense. You can't really argue with that. He does like it there. He does seem like he belongs. He has fun. Larnell, Ginger Dead Man, and Rabbit are sent to the real world to raise money, but I think that makes sense to have Rabbit with them because, you know, he's a spy to make sure the others aren't plotting anything. Rabbit is the one who introduces the Replica Bongs as how Evil Bong is probably going to count their progress because he knows she's using that to count their progress he's there to help guide them and rabbit's use of nothing had to get inspiration in this movie almost seems like it could just be him using telepathy with evil bong to get answers on what to do like oh i don't know what to do here uh nothing head. then she whispers an answer and then he's like oh i've got the answer <laughs> okay so how does that movie end though rabbit gets punched in the face so hard that larnell ginger Deadman, man and evil bong get sent to sexy hell it makes me think of a short-circuiting error. Maybe that's the flaw of having a Bong Realm stripper minion as a real-world recon agent? Evil Bong six. 6... 6 Evil Bong is in the back room discussing plans with Lucy to go to sexy hell, while Rabbit is in the front room for whenever Lucy is talking to customers. I thought that, that was a little strange when I first saw it, but you know, that's recon right there. We later know that Evil Bong doesn't really trust Lucy and plans on betraying her, so It makes sense to have a minion on the other side so you can see what she's always saying. Later on, who works with Evil Bong to make a new minion? Oh, that's Rabbit. Rabbit does. Evil Bong needs an attack minion, so Rabbit has the hands to mix everything together. How does this movie end? With Evil Bong saying everybody works for her and will start making money for her. The real plot of this movie is Evil Bong trying to recover her storefront and the people she might be converting to minions. Or she might just be manipulating people into helping her out since, you know, real people do exist. Evil Bong 777. This movie doesn't have as much to work with for this theory, but I think that for the most part we're just seeing the process of how Evil Bong wears down her minions. Say that Rabbit does actually exist for a second. If you were tricked into debauchery and sin and other personal memories that make you feel bad about yourself, you would eventually be pushed to the point where you lose your identity, so this movie is all debauchery and just trying to push people to act differently. If Rabbit is just broken down by manipulative evil bong litch, to the point where she can tell him he doesn't exist and is just part of her mind and he's fine with it, then maybe that's what she's doing here. She turns Misty from a spiritual hippie into a cynical goth. She takes everybody to a sex puppet show. She tells Rabbit that he's so ugly it just might work to his plan of hiding in the monster area. That's why this plot doesn't make much sense to us. It's because we're not supposed to know that evil bong is breaking everybody down. If we cringe at the events in Evil Bong 777, then that's exactly what she wants as the reaction. She wants us to feel ashamed of these characters and look at them and be like, oh, yeah, maybe they don't exist. I'm ashamed of them. Evil Bong 888. Rabbit has opened a small restaurant in a very nice part of town with the funds that they have been gathering throughout the movies. That's why it makes sense. These properties are actually really expensive. I looked them up. You would need, you know, about the money that she was saying. And Now, by mixing weed in with everybody's food, Evil Bong is able to harvest a bunch of people all at once for her bong realm. And we can see that Larnell is pretty well out of it. I think he's pretty well close to becoming a bong minion. He's just kind of there, confused, like, yeah, it was bad, but you know, I I like rabbit, and you know, it's all good, and you know, we just gotta do what we do, and I'll take another joint. You know, he doesn't really seem like his classic Larnell saying the lines that he should, even if he's making the same jokes. It seems very muted of him. And it's just really surprising that Rabbit is fine, knowing that he's back home in the Bong Realm. All the other people, they seem kind of frightened by it or confused, and I suppose that they'll be worn down eventually and made into Bong Realm strippers, but that makes for a rather grim theory regarding all the strippers. I still hold that the non-verbal are likely just to be smoke and mirrors. This has been my final Evil Bong theory for Series 1 of the Mr. Pickle Show. Rabbit has been working for Evil Bong this entire time, and might not even fully exist as a true mortal creature. This has been the Evil Bong series, including the Ginger Dead Man and Ginger Weed Man movies. I'm really glad you made it this far with me. I'm really glad I could share this with you. And now you can go forth into the world with basically everything you need to know about all of these movies. Thank you for ignoring the evil bong water puddles forming around me from the gaping cavity that once held my brain. I'm Mr. Pickles, and this has been the Mr. Pickles Show.